Okay, we are live, episode 130, 130, that's what it looks like. Caitlin Mogentail, Pope Pantry, uh, Josh Person Foodborough, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, hey guys. It's my pleasure. Uh, I look forward to it. Caitlin, we're talking Pulp Pantry. Uh, I've met you before. We've crossed paths, which is great. Then I just saw you a few weeks ago. That was cool too. Uh, Give us the story. When did it start? What's it all about? Man, I started as a class project actually. So this was back in 2015. I was still a senior at um, USC down here in Southern California. And I had this crazy idea, which was looking at, you know, all this food that was going to waste from juiceries and saying, what can we do with this? We have to do something better. And yeah, that's uh, farmers markets was our, was our beginning. So here we are today. It's changed a lot. Okay. So what can we do better? And then you made it into what, and what sort of year date was that besides 2015? Like sort of what was that first product and where was it? What was the timing of it? I mean, it's gone through so many changes. I think, you know, learning how to work with co-packers, everything like these are, these are things that maybe, you know, as an entrant in the space, you, you gotta, you gotta kind of learn going boots on the ground going. So it was uh, 2019, November, 2019, when we launched our pulp chips, which is really like the first commercial product line. And we knew we wanted to be a national brand. We knew that upcycling and sustainability had this, this potential to reach more mainstream consumers. And, you know, as we're continuing to, to evolve, people are caring more and more about, um, being more conscientious about their impact on the planet. And so, uh, Pulp Trips launched in 2019 and, um, now, you know, we're lucky to be sold in some amazing retailers and and to be working with some amazing partners. 2019 Pulp Chips. So people still have no clue what this thing is, right? Yeah. Give us a description. What is the chip? What's it made out of? And I know you said it was earlier sort of a school project and then some years had passed, but like what what got you into that first product? Yeah. So, I mean, really what Pulp Chips are tackling is the fact that when you go to the chip aisle and you look at veggie chips, what are you going to see on the back of the label? Potato starch is probably the first ingredient with a sprinkle of vegetable powder. And really the opportunity that we saw was, hey, there's juiceries, there are food processors, and there's a ton of byproduct from vegetable and fruit processing. Let's tackle the opportunity that, you know, some of these, um, you know, some of these suppliers that we work with, like, for example, we work with the cold pressed juice industry and we take all of the pulp, which is why they're called pulp chips. And that's the vegetable fiber that we use to make our veggie chips. And we actually have, you know, fresh organic ingredients, fresh organic vegetables are the first ingredient in our pulp chips. So it's just kind of bringing to the market a true veggie chip that also promises to deliver on sustainability and nutrition. Um, so, you know, it's just something different for the category. And I think something that honestly is promising consumers what a veggie chip should actually be. So, so, so a chip, um, and again, for description purposes, is it look like a potato chip? Does it form that way? Is it crunched that way? Is it salty like that? Is the taste there? Get, like, uh, give us that description a little bit. There, we, we go for all the most mainstream flavors, so the best-selling flavors, sea salt, salt vinegar, jalapeno lime, barbecue. And yes, it's a it's actually a square chip, and that was just a personal preference. I, I didn't like how triangles sometimes, you know, <laughs> cut your cut your mouth. So it's a chip that you can, you can, it's super crunchy. You can eat them on their own, but also you can pair with dips. You can pair with, I like plant-based cheeses, so pair them with plant-based cheeses. Um, and it's just something that can kind of fit into your everyday, your everyday life. I, I love to almost 
eat them in, in place of lunch because you know we're all busy out here. And sometimes pairing a pulp chip with with a dip, you get your fiber, you get your carbs, your healthy fats, and then you also maybe you know with a with a hummus or something, you're get adding in that protein. So it's kind of um, it's it's giving higher nutrition than I would say like you know your standard chip on the market. You had a comment about veggie chips and the idea that there's a, there's a potato starch and then like they throw like one little thing in there. They call them veggie chips. I thought that yeah. was funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, folks, go read the label. It's right there. And all the a lot of these better for you uh, chips that have potato starch and then the, 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 and like zero grams of fiber. That was what pissed me off. I was like, it's a veggie chip. Veggies equal fiber. That's what we need to all be eating more of. And I would look at these veggie chip packages. I was like, it was literally zero grams of fiber, like less than one gram of fiber or maybe one gram. And so for us, it was like, we can, we, we packed five grams of fiber in each serving. So it's like actually a meaningful amount of fiber. It's marketing. And what a lot of people, anybody who's watching this would understand it, it, it's marketing. So when there was veggie straws or whatever, it may be, this isn't a point out one brand or so, but it's just the reality of it. Are they really vegetables? Uh, anyway, um, it's, we, we've, we're in a a place and we have been for so long where whatever we're told right by the marketer is what we believe, you know, and that's why there's a whole confusion and it has been not just through dieting, which I'm not a fan of, but you know, what's better for you. And then in today's categories of better for you being better for you, whatever it may be, they're not really better for you. Um, so going back to it, read your labels. You understand what they are on the back. Just, it's all good. Yes. Some of it's scary. I'm, I'm such a fan of I too. Cause it's just like adding these ingredients into your day that really provide that nutritional value. Like having extra pro like, yes, you can enjoy a super crunchy, delicious snack. And at the same time, you're going to get some meaningful nutrition. That's actually kind of additive to your day, not just empty calories. So I think yeah you know, that's where the industry is headed. That's where, you know, brands like ours, that's where, where we're really looking to make an impact. It's not just, it's nutrition, it's more sustainable ingredients, plant-based protein. Like we're, we're just pushing the needle forward there. And I think um, really looking out for consumers because we're looking out for ourselves too. And these are the products that we want to eat. Like this is, this is the kind of thing that I eat every day, you know? So yeah. it's just creating more yeah, consu- It's a reminder, consumers, you don't need everybody, right? And so if you're telling your story and they like your story and the way that you're being transparent about it, you only need 1%. I mean, that's what people don't understand. You, you're never going to have some huge ACV. So the, the on behind that, and I always say, some people who come to me, I actually go a step further and I say, I prefer you to eat whole foods. Yeah. I prefer people to eat whole nutritious dense foods and they're like wait but you're a snack company yes when you're on the go and you need something because you can't get to those things it would be great if you chose us if you liked our products if you you know if you believed in peas and beans the way that i do please do that but the reality is the reality is true nutrition comes from whole dense foods bada bing bada boom now um (laughs) let's talk about distribution for you um After 19, let's fast forward maybe to 2020. Where were those first few physical retail uh, locations? Yeah, so in 2020, we did launch in retail. Of course, COVID hit March, so we got delayed, but we, we launched in the fall of 2020. And to be honest, like, I mean, I'm so grateful for, we had three main partners that really took a chance on us. We're a new brand, new products, you know, I mean, first time founder in this space. And that was Thrive Market. It was Whole Foods local. So shout out to Monica Coyle, who, who, you know, 
found us at a local pop-up grocer with Emily Schultz, love, love pop-up grocer too, and brought us into Whole Foods Soap Pack and then Target and Target. I know people are always like, what the heck? Like Target? And I'm like, yes, we went through the Target incubator in 2019. That's actually what I, how we developed the brand, the positioning, all of that was, was really through with Target's help and support. And, um, you know, my buyer was actually a mentor of mine. He, he was in operations, um, at Target, but he moved into a buying role. He really believed in, in the product and the brand. And he brought us into the produce set at Target, which for me was a really cool, unique angle for us was like, this is a vegetable based product. It shouldn't be, you know, competing against the free delays of the world. We, we do want to offer that fresh focused consumer, a snack that's holds up to their values and what they're looking for. So anyways, Target was, was really interesting. We launched in the West coast. So we're Arizona, Oregon, Washington, California, Nevada. Um, and you know, that that's been an awesome, they've just been amazing to, to kind of work with emerging brands in that, in that way. Do you have some direct to consumer business? Did you launch a website in our Amazon? We did. So in, when we launched the chips in November, it was kind of a test batch and we got a ton of consumer feedback. So we had, you know, I would say it was like 500 samplers that would order from our site and provide real-time feedback on the product before we like actually launched the packaging even. So once we got all that feedback, I think it was, um, yeah, we got our official packaging um, shortly after that, just using kind of the messaging and the feedback that we had gotten both from the target incubator and some of their data, plus the consumer feedback on our product, um, which was an amazing, I think like such a good way to launch the product and to give people the feeling that they like co-created this product with you and were able to kind of speak their, their voice on what mattered to them, what flavors they wanted to see all of that good stuff. And as far as what you look at uh, in, in terms of a team um, and or building there being early stage, is it just yourself and or is there a partner? Um, how do you go about that? Sort of, again, in this, yeah. what I consider to be an early phase of the business. Yeah. You know, I really, I mean, built team building it, it to me right now, it's like, it's all about scrappiness. It's being hands-on. I need people who are excited about, you know, the sales and marketing and getting their hands dirty, going to visit retailers, doing the merchandising. So honestly, the team has been brand ambassadors and in every, in every area that we launch, we have brand ambassadors that are going into stores, managing those store relationships, getting the team excited about the product um, and sampling to, to customers, doing the merchandising, doing local influencer campaigns. Um, so that's something that we've really, we've really dug into this year, actually. And so I have an amazing um, sales manager down in Texas. Um, we have great brand ambassadors across LA. We're hiring in San Francisco and in Orange County and San Diego. So, um, you know, we're still focused on the West Coast, but, but that's really been something where I've seen kind of the most, I guess, return on investment in terms of building your team is people who are going to be out in the field, like being an advocate for the brand. Uh, let's talk fundraising so that those that are early in this will understand the capital requirements, uh, yeah. e expensive business. Um, did you have to, and are you continuing to raise, um, what does that look like? You don't have to talk actual numbers, but you give us some sense of what that looks like. You know, part of the reason why I feel like it's been a slow burn for us is we have not taken outside capital. So, um, you know, the total investment in building the pulp chips product line, you know, there was, there was an upfront investment for sure. And so for that, it was, it was actually taking out friends and family loan. So, you know, not an equity investment. Um, but it's something that, you know, moving forward, like we have looked and explored fundraising, but I mean, honestly, it's, it's tight and it's capital intensive and it's really honestly hard, but there is a scrappy way to do it. And, you know, that's something that I constantly am balancing is like, how do we find investors that are really aligned with our, you know, our mission and our vision 
and values um, because sometimes, you know, it, it does feel like sometimes it's, it is hard to access capital in this space. There aren't a ton of investors that are interested in CPG. I mean, we're, we're like a low, we're a lower margin business than let's say at the tech industry. So it's actually something that I frankly like struggle with just even on a, a existential level is like, how do I match, you know, what I'm trying to do with the brand with kind of that, that fundraising and, and just matching the ethos. That's really, that's challenging. And I think my brand, my brand ideals, honestly, I think about like Cliff Bar and Patagonia and Dr. Bronner's, and those are brands that are still privately owned companies that have just built this employee equity, honestly. And so oh, how can a modern day brand do that? Cause it, it was obviously different when those brands were building back in the day. I own thoughts. Yeah, um, it, uh, there's a lot to unpack there. I, I would just leave it. There is a lot of money, actually, though. There's a lot of money yeah. in yeah. Um, in CPG. There's a lot of, of, of venture arms and, and equity companies and then individuals. High, I'd consider high net worth individuals who want to get in the space. But again, it's it's um, you do want to align with the right people. You also want to get your brand in their face. I, this is more of a just a suggestion to anybody is um, is really just putting yourself in front of people all the time. Yeah. You don't, the, there may not be a transaction to have, but the fundraising yeah. oftentimes can take so long. And the, a lot of the ones that are willing to write bigger checks, they, they wanna have a relationship with you um, unless you have just an all-star type of velocity, which they know. They know more than you do, I'll put it that way. There's yeah. just products out there that for one reason or another, the one out of, you know, 100,000, that just shot out a rocket and mm -hmm. has this just amazing velocity, people will get behind that right away. And those are ones who have all the data inside. But for, for the 97% of, of those, of all of us, um, just be in front of people all the time. Um, mm -hmm. As I always say, you're always selling. As a founder, yeah. you're always selling, right? You're yeah. always selling. It doesn't matter what you're doing. So um, now let's get to where we're at now uh, you said you kind of are figured out how to build and where you're getting an roi but we're kind of out of this you know thing now thing i don't like to talk about it what does the rest of 22 look like we just launched in unify and kehi so that's been you know west coast distribution i mean going all in uh, essentially on the specialty natural channel and um, we won a nexty this year for best salty snack so that's been something that's really driven a lot of interest in um, kind of that stamp of approval from the industry on the brand. And so it, it, that's, that's been exciting for us is just, you know, seeing a ton of buyers that are like, Hey, we've been looking at the upcycled space. We've been looking at sustainable brands. Um, and you know, we're, we're open and interested in bringing products like this in because our consumer is actually asking for it. So, um, yeah, I'm just really excited because we, you know, this weekend I was with a friend up in, in central California, like Santa Barbara, Ojai, we, we did the Carpinteria, we did that whole visit and we had launched some new stores. So it was going to meet those, those store account managers and um, demo with customers and talk to customers and explain what this brand is all about. And so finding those local brand ambassadors, that's, that's what it is. So I'm, I'm definitely excited this year is going to be a lot of that new store launches, building those relationships and, and building relationships with the, the customers who shop at those, those stores. Very cool. Um, yeah, and congrats on the uh, award. I I don't know if I saw that or didn't, but that's pretty awesome. Um, okay, cool. Caitlin's info, Pulp Pantry, it's going to be there. Josh, Foodboro, give Hello. it to us. What's it all about? 
Yeah, so many of you might be familiar with Food Bureau, some of you might not be, um, but really what Food Bureau is, is a community of food and beverage entrepreneurs like Caitlin, um, and actually a lot of Caitlin's friends I know um, in the whole upcycled space are Food Bureau members as well, um, but really a community of these entrepreneurs and service providers, so whether that's um, partners like Shopify, Klaviyo, um, or like um, more fulfillment type services. We bring these partners and these entrepreneurs together to really help them grow and scale their, their CPG business. Um, do this through providing the connection. We have a private Slack group, member directories, um, content. So we do have exclusive content for our members. And then championship, that's probably what I get most excited about is really hyping up our brands through social, through our newsletter, and really putting them front and center in front of our audience. So we do have our newsletter, um, which has a pretty significant following, um, our social channels, which has um, gotten a lot of engagement um, recently because of our memes that we've been sharing. So try to keep that fun um, and relevant to the industry. Um, but yeah, I, I think really the core of Food Bro is community. And really what we aim to do is uh, spark these connections, build relationships within the industry more on a more personal level than some other communities and really kind of work in tandem um, just at the indus industries at large. So, yeah. Cool. I like it. Nothing yeah. wrong with building the community within this community. Uh, uh -huh. We all know we can... Uh, use that uh right. I, i'm i'm big on that i think there's a lot to be said about some of these so we could there's a lot of talk about ecosystem and all that but the ecosystem sometimes feels a little big for for most and i think there needs to be smaller ecosystems within the ecosystem for there to be impact for a majority of brands so uh good on you josh's yeah. info caitlin's info appreciate having you both on have a wonderful rest of the week you as well thanks mark